0: Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Six seconds. Six seconds can really impact your life. Six seconds can be the difference between you going to jail and you living a life of freedom. Six seconds can be the difference between life and death. Six seconds can also be the difference between you having a great relationship or you having a broken relationship. What are we talking about? I'm going to tell you more about that a bit later on, but I want to start by asking you this question. How do you react when you are facing an emotional situation? You're working retail, a customer is shouting, screaming at you for something that you didn't do, you didn't even do anything wrong. How do you react in that situation? You're driving home late evening, you're hungry, you just want to get home, you're tired, and somebody cut you off. How do you react in those situations that you are facing that can have a profound impact on your life? I read a quote that says this, between stimulus and response, between someone cutting you off, someone yelling at you and your response, there is a space and in that space is our power to choose our response and it is in our response that lies our growth and our freedom. I told you that Anon guy wrote a lot of great stuff, right? <laughs> so uh, here's a story that I want to share with you to begin our conversation today. I, I think I told you this story once before for those of you who have been with me long enough but I want to tell you again. And I. God is my witness, I'm telling you the true story, right? So I was driving along one day, and I was approaching this T-junction, right? And you can either turn right or turn left, and there's a traffic light for you if you want to turn right. But if you want to turn left, there's a merging lane, a long merging lane, so that you don't have to wait, You, you can just turn left straight away, knowing that there's a long merging lane ahead. And so I was approaching this T-junction. I was going to turn left, and there was a car that stopped in front of me. Even though there was no giveaway sign, there was no stop sign, the car just stopped. And so I patiently waited behind him, and after a while, the, the car still didn't budge. So I gave him a quick honk to remind him that he could actually just drive on ahead. It was not a long, you know, beep, like beep, an angry one like that. It was more like... Just a nudge to say, hey, buddy, hey, mate, you can just drive on ahead. And so he did. He started moving. So he started driving. And and then he started slowing down really, really quickly. And he started opening his window, right? So I I overtook him. Well, I was going to overtake him. So I changed to the right lane. And he rolled on his window. And he started screaming and yelling profanity at me. And I could not take it. I rolled down my window and I started screaming and yelling at him back, all right? Honest to God, I'm telling you the true story. So we, here we were, started screaming and yelling at each other, and then finally I couldn't take it anymore, and I said, pull over, pull over. I was screaming at the top of my lung, telling him to pull over. And, and so what he did was, he turned left and just disappeared, right? And I thought to myself, who am I? What am I doing? And then I realized if he had stopped, I would be in trouble because this body is not built for fighting. I'm going to tell you that, right? <laughs> I may be Asian, but I don't know Kung Fu. So, but maybe he didn't know that. That's why he disappeared. <laughs> and then I realized, man, what, I was, what was I doing? And what made it even worse was, was the car I was driving. It was my dad's car. That's the rock sticker on the side like prominent and (laughs) proud and so wow but that's what we do right have you like me ever said something that you didn't mean or reacted in a way that you later regretted have you ever done that some of you thought i'm glad we're doing this series because my wife really needed to hear this (laughs) but this is for all of us right uh because there is something that we all have done and we have witnessed this happening all around us. I'm talking about an overreaction. Have you seen a parent at a shopping center who were overdisciplining their kid, right? Because their kid embarrassed them because they were acting like a kid. And then the parent instead started screaming and yelling and they were acting like a kid. Have you ever seen that happening, right? So, we call that an overreaction. Maybe it's someone at work, and then it made you stop and, and, and think, wow, there must be something else going on with that person because the cause did not warrant the reaction, right? The cause was a two, and the reaction was a 10. <laughs> so, it didn't warrant that sort of reaction. Now, if you grew up with a mom and dad who were overreactors, you, you experience this, right? You remember the damage it did to your relationship with them. And what they were thinking at the time was they were thinking that they were coaching and correcting you, right? Now that you're a parent, maybe that's what you are doing right now. And you overreact thinking that you are coaching and correcting them. But for those of us who are on the outside looking in, we're not seeing it as coaching or correcting. We're seeing it as you lost it, right? They lost it. Now, think about your latest apology. Maybe it was over uh, something, it was a follow-up because of an unwarranted emotional response that you did. So, you were right. You said something that was right, you were, you were absolutely right in your point of view, but you weren't right the right way, if you know what I mean. You were overright, if there is such a word, right? You were overright, And because you were right, and, and the person that you talked to didn't respond in the right way, you overreact, you, you were frustrated, and it caused you to make this outburst, right? And then you regretted it later on, and then you apologized for it. So that's what happens when we overreact. You know, we can learn a lot about ourselves from our reaction. Reactions speak louder than words, okay? I know what you really like by the way you react. Now, your action may be good, all right? Uh, Your everyday action. Nowadays, actually, everybody can act in the right way given all the right circumstances, correct? But how you react, when things don't go your way, when you uh, are mistreated, how you react will reveal who you really are. If you want to know what you're like, watch yourself on how you react when things don't go your way, because everybody can be good when things are all okay, all right? Now, what if there is a better way when we are faced with that kind of emotional situation? What if there's a better way? And Jesus said, There is actually a better way. Now, if I can put words in the mouth of Jesus, Jesus would say this to us now. Jesus would say, I want you to learn the art of unexpected, unprecedented underreaction. Unexpected because people would not expect this sort of reaction or underreaction from you unprecedented because nobody does this right this is not the way of the world nobody has ever seen something like this so Jesus would say to us right now if we claim to be his followers why don't you learn the art of unprecedented unexpected under reaction and the reason why we do this is because when we do we will confuse people People will say, wait, what? What's going on here? What's happening? Now, you may think this is impossible, but Jesus constantly viewed being mistreated. He constantly viewed us being unfairly treated, unkindly treated as an opportunity. As an opportunity. An opportunity for what? Opportunity to let the light of Jesus shine so brightly in this dark world. He wants us to react in such a way that people are caught off guard when they said, wow, that cause did not deserve that reaction, did not deserve that effect. You should be angry. You should be bitter. You should be upset. If I were you, I would deck him. I would hit him, but you're not doing that. Why? Why? Why did you apologize? He should have he should have apologized to you. What are you doing? See, this is exactly what Jesus wanted us to do if we claim to be his followers. Because actions may speak louder than words, but reactions speak louder than either. Why? Once again, because we all can act the right way if it. Benefits us, right? This is the way of the world. It is easy for us to act or react in the right way when things go well. But this is what everybody does. But what happens when things don't go your way? That's the question. Suddenly, the niceness, right, the humility start to wear off. Suddenly, we actually have actually a, a term for this. We say, you don't want to get on my bad side. I may be kind, I may be patient to you, but you don't want to get on my bedside. And so what happened was we look, we sound, and we react just like everybody else. And here's Jesus' point that we're going to look at, right? When you look and sound and react like everybody else, you will look, sound, and react like everybody else. What that means is there's no distinction. People can't tell whether you are a Jesus follower or not. Because from our Savior's perspective, this is what's going to happen. We're going to miss an opportunity. An opportunity to let the light of Jesus shine so bright in this world so that people will stop and stare. People will be confused. Because, because unexpected reactions are often what make stories worth telling, worth telling right? Think about your favorite movies, think about your favorite TV shows, think about, you know, your favorite novels. Usually, the reason why you like them is because there is something unexpected that happens, right? Uh, Stories worth telling are usually stories about something that people do that is, that are not expected. So, in light of all this, we're going to learn from the words of Jesus, from the teaching of Jesus, straight from the horse's mouth, how Jesus told us why it is important for us to react this way maybe you never thought of it in this term but jesus said this is so important especially for those of you who claim to be my followers now for those of you who are not a follower of jesus christ i reckon there's a valuable lesson that you can learn from this as well so i want you to hang on tight and just keep following along all right this portion of teaching from Jesus is taken from what we call the sermon on the mount it's one of the most favorite teachings of Jesus okay in fact Gandhi who was not even a christian loved Jesus so much and loved his teaching especially his teaching on the sermon on the sermon on the mount and this is something so extraordinary what he says in the sermon of on, on the mount has never been thought of by anybody before it's unheard of and that's why it's confusing for a lot of people it is unprecedented, unexpected. So, let's learn from Jesus what He has to say about this. Starting from verse 36, Jesus says this, "'You have heard that it was said, "'Eye for eye and tooth for tooth.'" Now, when you see Jesus saying, "'You have heard that it was said,' what it means is this is how the world works. It may be written in the Old Testament, it may be just the custom of the day, but this is what a lot of people understand life to be. This is how the world works eye for eye, tooth for tooth, that means you scratch my back, I scratch your back. You hit me once, I'm gonna hit you once too, in fact, I'm gonna hit you maybe twice, and in this system, you may even get an applause for doing something like that, right? So Jesus said, this is how you understand life to be, and that's, I'm gonna tell you something different. You have heard what it said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Now. Let me stop right here and tell you, Jesus is not talking about you not being able to do self-defense, right? There's a difference. Jesus is not saying you can't defend yourself. What Jesus is saying is this, there's a difference between self-defense and retaliation. What Jesus didn't want you to do is to retaliate. Self-defense is an inbuilt mechanism built into our being, into our lives. Try to poke your own eye, right? Immediately, your eye will immediately close to protect itself. So that's that's what we do. That's what it, what's inbuilt in us. So there's nothing wrong with self-defense, okay? If you are in an abusive relationship right now, let me tell you you, 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 you don't need to take it, okay? You can defend yourself. You can get away. You can separate yourself from that dangerous situation, even for a time being. So self-defense is... Perfectly acceptable, but what Jesus is saying here is you cannot retaliate the same way the world does in that situation because when you do, you will miss out. You will miss out on an important opportunity to represent God, to represent Jesus. All right? And then he continues. He says this If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Now, again, Because we are not in that culture of the time, we don't really understand fully. We sort of grasp the idea roughly, but we don't understand fully what Jesus is trying to say here. He's not saying that you cannot defend yourself again from a physical attack, right? (laughs) Jesus is not saying, "Let, let him just beat you up. No, Jesus is not saying that. Why do I know that? The key word here is the word right, right? If Tim was talking about adverb now, I want to talk about adjective. Adjective is the word that defines a noun, okay? Why is the word right important here? Why didn't Jesus just say, if anyone slapped you on the cheek, why did he have to specify the right cheek? Does that mean if someone slapped you on the left cheek, you can retaliate? No, right? It doesn't make sense. So the word right is extremely important. And we don't understand it, but in, the, in those days, here's why it's important. Everybody who listened to Jesus at the time, they perfectly understood what Jesus was trying to say, okay? What Jesus was trying to say was this. If someone humiliates you, right? If someone provokes you into a reaction, I don't want you to retaliate. Because slapping someone with the right cheek it's a sign of disrespect. By the way, how do you slap someone on the right cheek? Most of the people, if not all of the people in that culture, they are all right-handed, right? You can't slap someone on the right cheek when you are right-handed, unless you do what we call a back-handed slap. You do it like this, right? Seriously. And when you do a back-handed slap like that, it's not just a physical attack. It's a sign of disrespect it's designed to humiliate, it's designed to provoke a reaction. And what Jesus was saying is, do not get provoked. In that situation, I want you to underreact. I want you to turn the other cheek also. So, once again, I hope that explanation will help you to understand Jesus is not saying we can't defend ourselves. But, here's the context. When you are faced with a situation, where you are being attacked personally, where you are being attacked emotionally, when things happen that don't really go your way, don't react the same way the world does. And then he continues. He says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now again, we sort of understand what Jesus is trying to say, but maybe not precisely. He's not saying when someone asks you to help them move on the weekend, you know, for three hours, offer to help for six hours instead. It's not that, you know, you're helping a friend to move and all that. Jesus is talking about a totally different situation where you are forced to do stuff that you don't want to do, all right? When you are being forced to do a labor that you are that are requested by your enemy, by people that you don't like. In those days, a Roman soldier can stop anyone from doing whatever they were doing and ask them and force them to carry stuff for them or to walk a certain distance for them for a purpose, okay? And Jesus said, when you were faced with this situation, when a Roman soldier that you hate, your enemy, forced you to do this, offer them more, offer to help. Because they were doing a duty as well they were doing a task assigned to them maybe by their superior Jesus said even though they were your enemies I want you to go above and beyond what they were forcing you to do because 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 of an opportunity that you will have when you do so Jesus commands the grudging You know, like when we really, really hate what we're doing because we don't really have to do it if it's out of our own will. Jesus says, don't be grudging, be compliant in that situation. In fact, go further than what you are demanded. And then he said this, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's pretty understandable, right? You don't even need to say it. Everyone loves their neighbor. Your neighbor is anyone who are like you, anyone who likes you, right? And your enemies are people who are against you, people who stop you from advancing, people who mistreat you, they're your enemies. So the world behaves in that way, it's very, very common, it's very understandable, this is how the world works. And then Jesus said this, but I tell you, I don't want you to behave like the world. Love your enemies. It doesn't mean like you're going to, you to be lovey-dovey with them. But what Jesus is saying is this. Don't treat your enemies like your enemies. Treat them like you would your friends. Not even that. I want you to go even further. I want you to pray for those who persecute you. Now, come on, Jesus. You're going to be kidding me, right? So far, I can probably try. I can probably do what you ask us to do. But pray for our enemies. Pray for those who persecute us. Now, I want to say out loud what you're all thinking. I don't even pray for my, parents, my friends that I like, right? <laughs> I don't even pray for people that I like, let alone put my enemies on my prayer list. That, that's not going to happen, Jesus. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. This is too difficult. This is impossible. But why is this important? Jesus is going to give us a reason why this is important. Again, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, if you can't find the motivation within yourself to do what Jesus asks us to do, this should be your motivation, okay? This would separate the believers from the followers of Jesus. It's easy to believe in Jesus, correct? Anyone can believe in Jesus. But this would separate the note-takers in the church who are doing so well with note-taking, the mm and yeah, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. And people who are actually doing it out there, they would separate the two groups. Jesus would say this, I know it's difficult. I know it's against the grain. I know what I'm asking you to do is next to impossible. But here's the reason why I want you to do it. You ready? The reason is this. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Wow! Maybe in this way, people, your enemies even, will get a glimpse of what your heavenly Father is like. You are to react in, a, in such a way that it's a dead giveaway that when you do, your reaction should give you away whose son and whose daughter you are. That's what Jesus is saying. There should be no doubt in people's mind when you underreact in, such, in this way, people will think wow, these followers of Jesus, they're just built different. They're amazing. There should be no doubt in people's mind whose son, whose daughter you are, by the way you react Jesus says maybe if you see if you want to know what your heavenly father is like just read the gospel read the life of Jesus read the teaching and the saying and the the actual life of Jesus right you will know from the life and teaching the, the life and the teaching of Jesus that your heavenly father is a kind loving generous merciful gracious heavenly father that's how you know what the heavenly father is like just follow the life of Jesus Now, the question that Jesus would be posing to you and to me today is this. How would the world know? How would the world know what your heavenly Father is like? How would they know? If you react the same way as other people would, what difference does it make? You don't stand out in the crowd. You're not shining light in this dark world. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. There should be no doubt in people's minds. When you react or underreact in in a certain way, people will recognize. And imagine, imagine with me, okay? Imagine if we do this collectively as followers of Jesus. Every follower of Jesus around the world underreact in such a way, I'm telling you, preaching the gospel is not gonna be that hard. But the problem is what happens often, unfortunately, we do the opposite as Christians. I know a friend who works for a Christian bookstore, right? And this person told me, the worst customers are the Christians. The most obnoxious, demanding, not understanding, impatient customers are the Christians. Sometimes they're pastors, they demand everywhere. I'm I'm telling you the truth, this is not right. But yet, this is what's happening all over the world. You know why more and more people hate the Christians? You know why more and more people don't like churches? This is the reason. They don't see any difference from the way we live with the way the world lives. Right? And Jesus says, no. By your reaction, people should know whose son, whose daughter you are. And then he said it in a different way. He said it like this. If you love those who love you, what recognition will you get? I I want you to be recognized for something, right? I want you to be recognized for who you are. But if you love those who love you, what recognition will you get? You will never hear anyone say, oh, look how she treats her best friend. Look how she treats the people who like her. How amazing. You will never hear people say that, right? Because everybody does that. And Jesus said in this way, are not even the tax collectors doing that? Jesus picked the worst group of people that he could have picked, right? The tax collectors, the most despised group of people in those days. He says, even the worst people that you can imagine, they can love their friends. They can act right when the situation is right, correct? I want you to think about the worst of the worst group of people that you hate. Imagine with me. Don't say it out loud. Think about a a group of people that you don't like. Maybe they're pastors like me. That's why I don't want you to say it out loud. That group of people that you don't like, I guarantee you, they can love their friends. I guarantee you, terrorists can act right among other terrorists. Right? There's nothing special there. So Jesus says, if you welcome only your own people, again, people who are like you, people who like you, what are you doing more than others? The answer is nothing. More than is the key word here, right? What are you doing more than others? More than. More than is not expected. More than is unusual. More than stands out. That's why I want to challenge you I'm challenging myself all right I want us to be a more than others man woman husband wife employee employer son or daughter I want us to learn to be a more than others person why because our God is a more than others God he's more than just your heavenly father he's a heavenly father who reacted who reacted in a kind, gracious, humble way by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, knowing that He will be misunderstood, knowing that He will be rejected, because God wanted an opportunity to show you what it's like. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you heard all kinds of things about God, that God is like this, God is like that, God is a judge, He can't wait to punish you and all that. God is... Saying, by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, if you want to know what the gospel is, this is what the gospel is, right? God reacted to your sin, to your wrongdoing, to your offense, by sending His Son, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, right? Jesus, the King, who reacted to your sin and mine by dying for it and by paying for it. That's the message of the gospel. So it makes sense. It makes sense, right? That we see slights and criticism and rejection as opportunities. They are opportunities to amaze, to confound, to cause people to stop and stare. And so this week, I want to give you a very simple homework, all right? A very simple homework. I want us to learn the practice uh, or the art of strategic underreaction. reaction I want to explain how we can do this together. And I want everyone to play, okay? In fact, once you do this homework, I want you to email me. I want you to send a, a DM, a private message, go to uh, drugs.info or go to our social media. I want you to tell me how you do, okay? Let's learn the art of strategic underreaction. So, here's what you... Uh, listen to the specific instruction, okay? I want you to practice this at home, at home. Let's learn to crawl and walk slowly first before we run. Don't practice this in your office or anywhere else, just practice this at home, right? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to choose something that happens at home on a somewhat regular basis that disturbs you, upsets you, gets on your nerve, right? The key word here is something, not someone, okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about your wife or your husband or your son or your daughter. I'm talking about something that they do, all right? When he comes home, he always. My son, never. So think about that something that annoys you, disturbs you, upsets you, gets on your nerve. And, and you know, what they do, you would consider normal, predictable, you know, um, and I want you to consider your own reaction your normal predictable justifiable reaction think about that reaction and instead of reacting in the usual way right away i want you to apply the six second rule the six second that can change your relationship the six second that can change your life what you do is you take a six second pause when you are stressed by this Unjust uh, happening, all right, unfair treatment To make sure that you make a conscious, conscious decision about what to do or say next All right And then, once you take that six seconds, you ask yourself this question Very simple, very important Ask yourself, what would amazing look like? What would an amazing underreaction look like in this situation? What would like my heavenly father look like in this situation? Make your husband, make your wife, make your son, make your daughter think and stop and like make them amazed. Who stole my dad and replaced him with this kind man? Who kidnapped my mom and replaced her with this patient woman? If you're a teenager, right? Make your parents wonder, what, are, what, are you, what, what is he up to, or what is he on? <laughs> and this is important. For those of you who want deep theological discourse, let me tell you right off the bat. This is what mature looks like. This is what deep looks like. When you can apply what you know to be true, when you can... You know the song that we sang? Christ, be magnified in my life. You're not magnifying Christ by teaching people doctrines. You're not magnifying Christ by having the right theology alone. But this is how you magnify Christ in your life. Underreact when people expect you to overreact, right? It's not your knowledge, it's not even your action. They can make the world stop and know whose son, whose daughter you are. It's your reaction in those situations, all right? So do your homework, DM me how you do. Maybe you'll be surprised at how well things get, and then maybe your example can be a motivation for others to follow suit and to try to do the same so i will be expecting your email i'll be expecting your dm and all that and let's learn together let's learn together the key word here is learn how we can be a follower of jesus in the- thank you for listening to this podcast for more great resources and to keep yourself up to date head to our website visit therocks.church